Hello and happy Monday. Welcome to this week's Living in the Moment. We get to sit down with our brand delivery manager, Miriam, to celebrate her journey. And let me tell you, it is an incredibly unexpected story. The amount of things this woman has accomplished in just her life in Canada. We didn't even get to the stories from before her move to Canada. I absolutely love working with Miriam. We make the joke throughout this episode that it's actually a therapy session. And it's really not a joke. It's actually quite true. She's an amazing person to lean on, a fantastic colleague to bounce ideas off of, and all around a lovely human being. I think you're going to love her story, her nuggets of wisdom, and I'm curious to see if you cry alongside me towards the end. You'll have to let me know. Now let's celebrate Miriam's journey. Hello. Hello. Normally when I do these sessions with you, it's like therapy to me. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's like you're just digging in and going into La La Land. Well, why don't we get started and figure out how you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I must say I'm quite excited about this one because I know a lot about you, but what I know about you is just how you are, how you work. Like I can anticipate or almost predict what you do or need. Um, but I don't know too much about where you've come from. Well, I do though. I don't know. I just, I feel like I don't know a lot of these answers. So I'm excited okay. to dive in and, and hear about them, but I do know the answer to this one, but our listeners may not. So I want to know um, a bit about your career and um, your story up until now and include it all if you would like to. Okay. Are we talking like my <clears throat> time at TLS or even before TLS until now? Well before. Tell us everything. We've got time. Okay. Good to know. Um. Well, career-wise, if I say, um, I did my graduation in Bachelor of Commerce, which was uh, in New Delhi, India. Um, I was, I lived there for quite a bit, from a very young age, um, as a refugee. And then obviously I had to do my school and my university there, I finished my school and university and Back in the days, when I say it sounds like that, but at that time, uh, we were not allowed to work. Like we had no permission to work. Work permits were not given to mm, refugees. Uh, we only had the right to education and stuff like that, but no work permit. So um, I had a friend of mine, my best friend actually, she used to work for Canadian High Commission as an interpreter for um Afghan families that they were migrating to Canada. And um, one day happened that she was sick and she asked me if I can go on 
help her out and sort of be a substitute to go and help so that there's no delay and stuff like that. And they authorized me to go for a day. And I did go there for a day and on the spot after everything was finished, the next day they told me that if I can do part-time with them. And I was like, well, I'm going to school, which I was going to university at that time. And I said, okay, yeah, I can certainly do this. Mind you, at the same time, I was also myself trying to um, get out of India and migrate somewhere else, but I didn't have any family members in Canada or America. So my family was in Australia, which we they tried to sponsor me from there and we tried and tried and tried and nothing was working. So I kept continuing working with Canadian High Commission and one day, these things are like genuine things that has, that has happened, but it sounds unreal sometimes when I think about it. I was working with them and one of the officers that I was working very closely with always, um, he asked me that, do you want to go to Canada? And I thought maybe he's joking with me. I was like, I would love to go, but I know that I cannot go. I just don't have any source of like family or sponsorship. Then he said, no, but would you like to go? And I said, of course, he was like, just go fill out these forms. So I was like, okay. I kind of didn't do the form the first day too. I was like, this is just one of those things. Why bother? But then eventually I did it anyways. And then the couple more weeks, and then he asked me to do an interview with me and my dad. And then um, after maybe a month or so, he literally asked me that, because uh, normally what we used to do was like whenever we used to close a case and a family was successfully accepted to go and move ahead, um, there was a button that we used to always hit F9 to just save everything. So he actually asked me, can you please go on file number desk, press this button? And I was like, this is weird. Why is he asking me to do this? But I was being polite and professional. So I didn't even look at the name or something else. I went straight to hit the button and he was like, please read the last name. And then I saw my own last name there. So I couldn't believe it even for like a minute or whatever. I don't know, I was happy, I was shocked of what was happening, it was unreal. And then uh, then he asked me, where do I want to go? In Canada, and logically I had no idea. And I was like, this is like so bizarre. It's like having a lottery and also not knowing what to buy or where to go. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, just so confused, I was like, but the only thing that I knew was that I wanted to go to Western. And my main thing at that time was to go to IV for business. So I said, I'm going to go to London. Got to here, like he wrote everything for us. And uh, I came to London. It was, it was 2000, I believe. Yes. Uh, June 21st. And then uh, it, from there, then I just not knowing anything or anybody. Um, I had no friends or family members here. And I was like, okay, I have to find my way. The only good part about everything was that I knew how to speak English. That was the only plus side of everything. So I started going to asking people, libraries, stuff like that, just to familiarize myself with surroundings. And then I was like, oh, I need to have a job now. And then, um, yeah, I kept looking for a job. And I remember I went to a library and I printed my resumes and um, I started walking for a good while, whether it was a florist shop, a funeral home, a mechanic shop, anything you can name it, I dropped my resume. This is like the day first. 
And then uh, I was panicking that I should have a job. It was just me. Like I was just so paranoid of like, I need to find something. I need to do something. So because I was so worried, um, I kept asking everybody around me, what can I do? What should I do? Where should I go? So there was this gentleman who said, if you're too worried, first he told me, I'll never forget his words to me that don't panic. There will be a day that you will work so much that you will not even have time to have a break or do something. And I was like, no, I need to find something tomorrow. I need to find something immediately. <clears throat> so he actually told me that, um, well, if you're that panic, um, I know somebody who actually owns a farm and they hire people to just go and pick um, tomatoes and stuff like that. And I was like, no, I'll take it. So he introduced me to this family and I went to the farm my day first, not knowing how tough it was or how it is. And I agreed to go because the money was good too. And I was like, no, I should not sit idle even for a day. So I did go to the farm and um, trust me, Alicia, I started it standing. By the end of the day, I was crawling, pushing the basket with my legs and throwing <laughs> tomatoes into it. <clears throat> and it was a very tough day, but also at the same time, it was I was happy because when I was leaving, like they used to just pay you right on the spot. And I was like, okay, so at least I know that I can have a source of income from somewhere. And then um, I attempt to go, there's a funny story here too, but for some reason I, I thought that tomatoes are in the trees at that time. So I was prepared that I'm gonna go and pick <laughs> something from there, it's gonna be easy. And I went there, I was like, oh Lee, this is like such a big farm and I have to be on my knees. And like, it was very, very tough. So the next day when I went there, um, the owner actually was there, the owner of the farm. And uh, he didn't like, when he talked to me, he said, don't come here again. And I was like, why? I thought maybe I did something wrong or something happened. He said, this, this is not for you. You know how to speak English, you're educated. Go back into the city, look for something. I'm not gonna have you here. This is only to support and help people that they basically cannot even speak or anything else. And they just need a source of income. So I still right, insisted right. that until I get something, can I please, can I please do this? He was like, no, you're not gonna come back here from tomorrow. So I was disappointed. Imagine being fired from a job because you're too good for it. <laughs> yes. And he was very, very, I mean, he's very, I still actually am in touch with him and I talk to him sometimes. And he told me that you're not going to like what I'm saying to you right now, but I don't want to see you here. You can do a lot. You just got here. Don't lose patience or hope. Look for stuff. And I was like, but I already distributed my resume. And it's like, it's two days. You will find something. So I was like, Anyways, I just was disappointed when I come. I came back home and I was like, I still have to do something. So I remembered which was my last destination. And I was like, I'm just going to go and walk and distribute my resumes from this point onwards. Meanwhile, I was thinking wherever I drop my resume, I'll just go and say hello and see that if something has happened. So I kept walking and walking and walking. And um, one of the stores, which was Pizza Pizza, um, I was talking to the owner and he was like, do you want to do volunteer for three days? I just want to see how you do. And uh, we will see from there. I was like, yes, absolutely. So I literally on the same spot, same day, I was like, I just went there. They gave me an apron and they gave me a hat, a name tag, whatever that they could do. I worked. I had no idea of like how to make pizza, to be honest. I had no clue how the debit machine was working or stuff like that. These were the things that I had no idea that how it is. 
So I worked there for, it was my day three that he offered me the job and he actually paid me for the rest of the past three days that I worked because he was impressed with how much I worked. And then I was learning, this was not even about cooking pizza or something. I was mainly just doing customer service um, front desk and like, you know, like sort of give them the slice of pizza, say hi, hello to them, have a smile on your face, stuff like that. Right. Never touch the pizza or something else or the dough. But I was working really hard. And then every time that somebody would have called in or something, I was always there. And then he asked me that, do you want to learn how to cook pizza? I said, yeah, I will do it. So I learned very quickly. Um, and then it was not even like after a month or so that uh, he made me a shift manager. But I was still not the main cook. I was doing a little bit here and there, but not during rush hours or stuff like that, just because I didn't have the speed. But I worked, I worked slowly, slowly, and then six months and I was the main chef. I was taking care of the stuff for Super Bowl, which is crazy. That was my first Super Bowl and I didn't know what's happening with the world because everybody was deciding to have pizza that night. And then, um, the owner of the pizza pizza at that time was a franchise. He decided to sell his store. So the corporate of pizza pizza um, reached out to me if I can take the store and run it for corporate, not like as a uh, be a franchise, but just be a manager for corporate, which I said, okay, I can do it. And I agreed to actually do that. But then I sat down with the owner. I was like, what do you do to have this like what what did you do to get the store and be the owner and um he said well this and this and this i went to the bank i got approved for loans and stuff like that i was like can i do that too and he was like why don't you walk to the bank and the bank was literally across the street which was cibc i walked there and they authorized me for a line of credit and i was like i think i want to have this so then I talked to corporate office, everything is got done. And I went for training for three months in Toronto. Uh, they used to call it Pizza Pizza University. And um, I learned all the stuff that they were going to do. And I became the owner of the store. It was hard work. A lot I learned from it too. It was an amazing time and experience. And there were some people that they landed and Canada with me during that time. Some of them needed jobs. I hired two of them um, in my store. And uh, yeah, that was my pizza pizza life and everything was fantastic. I bought my first brand new car, I was happy. And uh, when I was looking back at things, it was just like a feeling of I'm not there yet, but at least I did a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then, by then, obviously, I was a little bit familiar more with the country and what's happening and whatnot. Um, I decided that, okay, I should do something different. It was in my head that I should do something different, not just the pizza, because um, there were some weddings and like some, some friends event that I could never attend just because I was always working. Right. And... Um, I would, my best friend actually had a conversation with me like, you work too much, like do something different. Maybe this was a good starting step for you, but maybe we can look for something else and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna just think on what to do. 
I was thinking of going back to school. Um, everything was in the same bowl in front of me of like, what should I do and what should I pick? And then um, uh, there was a night that some random thing because the store wasn't down, downtown, a, a guy just walked in and tried to attack in the store and he stopped throwing bottles and everything and whatnot. It was a massive kind of an accident. And I was thinking seriously that night that this is crazy. I can't just do this. I have to think of doing something different. Um, so then I was like, I decided just to uh, give up this store because my dad was not happy after that night and he was just worried that what if something happens and stuff like that. So I left, um, everything was closed and I was like, what should I do? I had some cash in my pocket and uh, I also knew that I took a loan from the bank, which was a scary amount. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is this even a smart that what I did? Like, maybe I shouldn't have done it this way. And then I sat down and I was thinking of like, what can I do to have a good amount of money monthly or weekly, whatever it is, to pay my loan also, and it's not cooking pizza. I love the response to this question. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I was just driving around and everything. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and learn how to drive truck. I did some research and I find out from some other people that they said, oh, it's a good money and this is how much you make and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm just going to go and find out how do you do this and how much you have to pay. Um, I had to pay $5,000 in order to get the license. Ontario Truck School, I went there and uh, they agreed, of course, why not? They said, why not? Yeah, let's go and practice. So the first time when I sat in the truck, it was not one of the hi-fi and good ones. It was one of those, I'm going to say the name, people that they know trucks, they will know it was, I don't know, 18th century Peterbilt that it has a big nose. And when I sat in it, knowing me and my height, I couldn't see anything in front of me. And this is like a massive parking lot. And I just looked at the instructor. I was like, I don't even see anything. He looked at me and he said, you don't need to see anything. Learn how to switch or shift gears. And then I was like, oh, right. This truck has 13 gears and I have to learn how to shift them. But at the same time, I was also very much paranoid. I was like, I can't see in front of me. And he was like, I'm sitting next to you. There's a massive parking lot. There's nothing around you. I need you to learn how to shift gears. So it was a crazy time. And um, I did learn that. And I went for my tracking exam. I passed it. And then I started looking for jobs. That where can I go and actually do uh, tracking? And I thought of now that I have the license, everything is easy. I went to a few companies. Um, they were all, I had like the best experiences in finding jobs in general in Canada. They were always kind, even the trucking industry. Um, they allowed me to do a test in their own trucks. They had an instructor sit next to me. The only thing that I was lacking was experience. And every single one of them said, why do I trust? <clears throat> why do I trust you? And why should I put $200,000 truck under your feet? And it was a tough one because I was also thinking that seriously, I don't have any experience. All I have is like just a license. And this 
thinking of like, I'm gonna drive truck and I'm gonna make money and no other knowledge. Right. So <clears throat> I had to do a test because one, one time in one of the companies was called Celadon. Um, the owner of the company, uh, they were husband and wife and they were very kind. And they said the same thing to me that everything is fine. Like they did a test, they put me under the truck to name things for them. What do I do? What can I do? I, I knew all that. And then he kept telling me that you don't have experience. And I was like, well, somebody needs to give me a chance. Mm-hmm. Like if nobody is going to give me a chance, how am I going to gain that gain experience? Like, and I kept talking to them for an hour or so. And then he just said, okay, one more test. We'll do a test. Um, and then we will talk. So when I went for a road test, I rolled back. It was a stop. It was a red light and it was a little bit uphill. When I rolled back, they said, no, you're still not expert in this and you're still rolling back. And I still wanted to argue or defend myself somehow that I need chance, like one more chance. So the instructor asked me, what do you have on you right now that you love the most? And I was like, my watch, it's my mom's watch. He said, give me the watch. And he went and put the watch under the tire, the back tire and said, you're not going to roll back now. <gasps> yes. And that was the only thing that I had um, from my mom. And I was like, what the hell? So this was his test to make me practice and do it. And I didn't roll back. I didn't roll back. And he did it the second time. And then the third time. And then he looked at me and was like, I'm not willing to give the truck to you by yourself. You're hired, but we will put an instructor with you. Um, to actually drive with you and test and see and how you do. So it was sort of that I would do half of the driving and the instructor would have done half of the driving. They agreed with me that I will have to do this for six months and then I should be good to go. Believe it or not, it was not even my first month that my instructor messaged the head office that I'm ready to go. And I remember my first trip by myself was from uh, London and I was supposed to go to Laredo, Texas. It's a huge long drive, but obviously you will take breaks after seven, eight hours and everything. My first break that I did was in, I think it was, I passed Kentucky. I parked the truck and I was like, my legs were shaking. Because this is like, when I'm saying these things, like the experience of being by yourself and then noticing that you can't, you don't have a rear mirror anymore. You have this big thing that you're driving. And then the reality of life, like if I make a mistake, not only that I'm gone, like I can take so many other people around me. It was just a different feeling of like responsibility, fear, and and being accountable. Like there was no pressure on me. Nobody told me to do this, but it was just something that I was like, no, I will have to do this. And and I did this and trust me, it was a very good experience. I can tell you right now from London to Laredo, Texas, my best friends were billboards, restaurants, whatever I used to see. So what I used to do, I used to plan my trip in a way of like, which state I've never been there. So I used to make my way in a way to stop there and take a day off. 
rent a car, roam around, visit things, and then um, just do my job and bring really good money home. For our road trippers out there, though, you have shared with me your two favorite stops and what snacks come from those gas station stops. From Love and Pilot, I believe I love, I like both of them. Yes. Because <laughs> what comes from Love's? From Love, I there's a beef jerky that I really like. And then there's an ice cream also, it was called Cowbell, if I'm not wrong. It was so good. And what's that Pilot? Um, from Pilot, there used to be pond cakes. Like it was really, really nice stuff that I enjoyed there. Um, very neat and clean gas stations. And um, there are a lot of things that I've seen when I was um, driving. Believe it or not, I never cleaned my windshield myself, despite of having the longest thick ones, just because whenever I used to get off by the truck and uh, the other truck drivers used to come and help, they used to think that because I'm a short person, I won't be able to do things. So it was funny in a way too, but they were always helpful also. Everybody was like, when I used to park my truck or fill up the, the gas tank or stuff like that, they always helped. Um, I've been to 32 states just because of trucking. Like I enjoyed a lot of it. And then um, one thing that I find out, if you love to be like sort of, if you like to work on your own and if you like to be sort of alone, I'm not gonna say the word lonely because I didn't feel lonely, uh, but if you just want to be alone and working, mm -hmm. it is really good. You get a lot of good time to see things around and a lot of uh, time that you, think about things and it's just yourself and you just go through things. So I used to program my day. Um, I used to listen to three radio uh, shows. One of them was a financer, uh, financial advisor, actually, Dave Ramsey was his name. And he used to help people how to be debt free. So three hours I used to listen to him how to save and everything because I was one of those people. Mm -hmm. um, that I was still working towards how to pay my debt. And he had this thing of, I used to listen to his shows and then he used to have um, people when they were achieving their goals, they used to call on his show and say that, scream on top of their lungs by saying I'm debt free. So that was one of my goals that one day I will do this. And I did it. When we, when I'll explain to you when I did it. Oh my and then, God. Yeah. And then, uh, Three hours I used to listen to a life coach. This was another show. And then three hours was just entertainment. Just like listening to anything around whatever is happening. Uh, I learned a lot and I was just listening and I was taking in all these information of how can I use them in my own life. And then um, I was still enjoying my trucking and uh, my dad really got sick. He, he was in London and he still is in London. And I had to rush. And I had a truck um, full of load and it was very expensive stuff that I was bringing. So I was not able to leave the truck somewhere. Um, I had to deliver it in person and sign off on the stuff. And I even, it was a huge responsibility of bringing it. My 
very hard to bring me, but they said that you can't leave the truck. Like we will move you very quickly. And I just wanted to leave everything and take a flight. And that was just not happening. So I made it home back. And that was the time that I decided that I'm just going to take the time, uh, be with my dad, and I'm going to take three months off. That was my goal. And um, I promised to my best friend, too, that, no, I'm just taking three months off. I will not do anything. I came home that day. And I finished everything with the company. I gave the truck and everything was fine. <clears throat> Financially, it wasn't a good spot too that I could take the time off. Um, I, I was home at night and watching TV. I was like, let me just take my laptop and see what is happening in the world if I can look for jobs. And I was like, and my best friend was like, you told me that you're gonna take three months off. <clears throat> Sorry, and I said, yeah, but I'm just looking as if like if I apply somewhere tomorrow I'm going to get a phone call so I applied a few places and TLS was one of them um, and believe it or not I got a call the next day <laughs> to come for an interview <laughs> and I didn't take that time off and I came to TLS um, staff um, Stephanie Thompson actually was the person who did my interview and um she saw something probably I'm thinking at that time when she hired me, she offered me the job. On the spot? Uh, no, not on the spot. Okay. Left, and then I got a call back. But it was got on it. the same day. Yes. It counts. Um, and that's how I started my journey at TLS. As a, I think when I was hired, I was first hired for a project at that time, which was called Pillow de Post. Um, it was interesting again for me since i said my experience uh, while i was looking for jobs was always good uh, when i got here um i was honest with my interview with the staff i said i have some family um needs currently because of my father i cannot work late i can only do eight to four or nine to five which is kind of silly to actually say this when you want to start somewhere but i wanted to be honest and say that because i didn't want to promise something and not deliver it Right. And um, staff agreed. Um, I, she also explained everything, all the projects that they were here, Serta Pro, College Pro, um, all the staff at Pillar de Post. And I said, can I work with Pillar de Post? And back in the days, Pillar de Post had these massive binders that they were like huge. She brought the binders and put it on, my, on the table and said, do you think you can do this? I said, yes, I can. And I was just uh, with Pillow Post for a long time and I enjoyed a lot. And I think I did Pillow Post, if I'm not wrong, until like three years back. Um, I started as a moment maker. Then I was promoted to a team lead. Um, Then I was promoted to a junior supervisor. Then to a supervisor. And then now I'm a manager of brand delivery. I have worked somewhat with College Pro, a little bit with Serta Pro, California Closet. I had handyman connections back then. Pillow the Post was there, Floor Covering International. So I kind of touched all the projects in some shape or form at TLS. <laughs> and where are you now? With Paul Davis at first on site and I managed yeah, one yeah. of the- Amazing 
brands. I feel that um, I'm a part of all the brands, to be honest, but um, yeah, but Paul Davis and First On Sight are my babies now. Your little kiddos. Mm -hmm. Wow. Am I allowed to ask what you were carrying, like in the truck? Yes. So um, I did, for the most part, I used to carry stuff for um, the fire department. And then uh, after fire department, I majorly did um, plasma TVs, cigarettes. And then um, there were, I think for six months, it was alcohol too. That was the main thing that the loads that we used to back, I mean, over there, when you used to do these things, they used to call them hot loads which meant that you cannot stop in any truck stop to park oh. overnight or stuff like that because of security reasons. <clears throat> so I had to stop in certain locations that they used to tell us that this is safer to go because somebody could have just break in the seal and then just take stuff, right? Yeah. But majorly it was those ones. And um, I was very keen to go and see for the fire department, because I just didn't know what it is that I'm taking. I still don't know exactly, but they used to fill that up because you were not allowed to like see a lot of things, but yeah. you just go and make sure that they do it and you sign off and you seal it in front of them and you are responsible of like taking care of it and making sure that you're taking it to the right place and bringing it back. Mm -hmm. What a story. Like that, that's the episode there. Done. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think one of, one, of, one of the other things that I also have done um, while I was, um, well, when I started working at TLS, I was very keen. I was always like, I think I explore things a lot. And I was, I, I was very interested in real estate. So then that was another thing on my list of like, oh, I'm just going to get my real estate license which I did and I worked um, with one of the companies in Toronto weekends for a while, but I just could not um, made a decision to leave what I'm doing full time to go and pursue that. Um, but that was, yeah, one of, the, one of the other things that it's there. I don't know what else am I gonna explore, but. <laughs> well, I think that's one of my favorite things about you is that given, um, where you've come from and everything you've seen and everything you've been through, you're such a humble person because of it, but the amount of things you've done and it's just like, Oh yeah. I have my real estate license. Oh yeah. I drove a truck for years. Like it's just, it's just like, um, to, to be honest, I, I know it's, I know I mean, some people say the same thing to me, but I feel when I got to Canada, um, I felt I didn't feel that there's a race and I have to catch, um, catch on to people. I felt that I was way behind because of not having an opportunity of having a job or working towards and just because of the situation of life and stuff was there. And I felt I was like, well, I want to do this. I want to do this. I need to experience these things. Sometimes I always say to my friends or some people that they are younger, I'm like, don't say that I have done enough. You had the opportunity to do these over like all this time. I just had a short time frame that I wanted to put all this in the window frame of like, oh, I just want to do all this. And then you Which, get to a point. 
And and that makes sense. And I get that mindset. And I think that you can learn a lot from that mindset. But at the same time, one big thing that you do so well is if you want to do something, you just do it. And people don't like you wanted to just you wanted to own a pizza pizza store. So you had something that was yours. People don't just go to the bank and ask for a loan. Yes. You wanted to do something different. So you went to trucking school. People don't just do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel that um, the way I look at things in life is that uh, you can look at things that I'm just giving an example um, that I drive a Volkswagen or you, or I want to have a Lamborghini. Do you want to invest the time and not be happy right now with what you have? Or you will keep thinking that you want to have a Lamborghini. If you want to have that, then manifest it, work towards it. So I don't spend time in what should I have or who has what. I enjoy what I have and somewhat way I work on my dreams or stuff that I have to make them like practical in life. How and what can I have? So life is beautiful. I don't even think life is short. I think you make the best out of everything that you are in situation and any situation that you are, there is a story, there is a reason I believe that you're there things that are passing by from you or you pass by things, they're all meant to be. There's a story connected to everything I feel. That's how I feel. Like, I feel this is not because I'm selfish. I feel that when I go somewhere, even if I'm walking by, there's a meaning behind it. I have to notice something. Maybe something is being communicated to me or maybe I'm going to help somebody at that time or somebody else is going to help me. If I don't pay attention to these things then I feel I miss the story. Of me being somewhere, you know? I think we've all learned something today. I will. I learn every day from all of you guys. So today then you, you work with our moment makers first and foremost in delivering the brand promise of Paul Davis and first on site. Um, What would you say is your favorite part about what you get to do or what motivates you? to keep doing it? Um, The best part for me is actually working and interacting with moment makers. Um, Hearing their feedback or hearing their side and then actually working with them in order to collaborate to actually come to a point of like realization of how best we can actually deliver the promise for the brand. I don't normally enjoy by telling people this is what you need to do because I am asking you or this is said in this sentence in this line. Um, I generally believe and I have seen it to connect with what you want to do. Find a correlation of like, why do you want to do this? If you don't want to do this, if you don't feel like it, fair enough, you will have something else that you enjoy to do. So for me, like, if I just particularly say Paul Davis um, or First Insight, helping people in their time of need, I feel not, not for myself, I'm saying for my team too, I don't feel less than a doctor. Like we specialize in helping people in need. 
same mm-hmm. as other people that they do it's all about the compassion that you have and realizing that you are in this state of actually helping somebody um i was just sharing something with the moment maker the other day and it was such a nice connection that we had um she was enjoying a lot the part of being this person of hearing that phone call who is in need and i said i was like yes and somehow the conversation went to a place that there are times that your family or your friends or somebody is in, in trouble or in in some sort of situation and they call you and you miss that phone call and here 24 hours we are promising that we will pick up that phone call yes um, to that person or the customer who calls i feel that's a huge privilege for anybody um in my team and myself and it's not like sort of a again it will take me back to a point of accountability and responsibility we feel and we connect to that that that's mm-hmm. our role and that's our job so to have that connection on what to do or what you're doing i don't think it will seem like a job it's it's going to become a part of you and your life and the principle of life that you have it's beautiful mm-hmm. so connection that's our biggest that's what's most important to you at least that's what i'm picking up on is that you yes. really hold that connection dear yes anything that i would want to do in my life i would find a meaning towards it and i need to connect with what i do because i just don't want to i don't want to do a task task mm-hmm. will be there always like task to me is like okay there's some minor things that you do but if i'm spending my any time somewhere i have to connect with what i do to enjoy it so that it's so that's literally it's like something authentic it doesn't feel that oh i have to do this or why am i doing it i don't want yes. to do things like that no i'm very similar in that and and a if you can call it a struggle but something that i've always considered is that if i'm ever looking for a job i don't know a job title to look for like most people can go in and say oh yeah i'm an hr assistant i'm a marketing manager like they have they have that box that they comfortably sit in i know what i'm good at i know what i'm not good at i know what i enjoy and I, and and i do also know that if i'm not going to enjoy doing it it's not going to get done no you need there does need to be that meaning there does need to and maybe it's a millennial mindset but um you yeah there needs to be that meaning or that connection to what you're doing otherwise it's just a task and and it's mundane and you're not going to get any enjoyment out of it therefore you're not putting your passion into it so what is it that you're creating yeah at the end of the day um, i look at it it's not even a, if for some time if you think of it this way it's about you it's your life it's your journey what do you want to make out of it for yourself and if you actually put that in front anything that you do in life not only that you're having a good time with it you're also helping others in any whichever field you are in but put something into perspective first why am i here 
and why do I want to spend my 10 hour, eight hour, seven hours? And how do I want to spend this time? Because if you put yourself into perspective, the rest will follow. It's always, I look at it always that when you are confused, you don't know what to do. You see around you, everything else not making sense to you. Mm-hmm. Whereas it actually it's you who are not focusing on what you want to do and like to do. Would you say that finding that purpose and finding that meaning is the key to your success thus far? Or do you have another secret? Um, I f- well, thank you for calling it success. <laughs> I'm yet to be successful <laughs> what, in my life. What else would we call it? <laughs> oh my God. I think you named it. It's, it's a journey and it's a beautiful one. I would not change anything. I look at it beautifully and I don't think I have... I'm going to go and erase something. Um, I think there's no secret. I just want to enjoy life. Mm. And I just want to, I want to be happy. And I want to, whoever's around me, like I don't want to be negative. Because from every, like, it's very easy to sit here and actually talk about things for hours that this is this, this is not good, this is not good. But the fact of the matter of, like, what can you do with you, what you have is really important and we miss sometimes. And every single one of us have this capability of doing it. Yeah. Yes, it hurts sometimes things happen, but it's about pick up what you have and then you're the creator of your own dreams and how you want to shape it. I mean, we do, we do have many of those conversations where you seem to pull me back down to earth. (laughs) You're very, you're very good at putting things into perspective. And, And that's definitely what I've noticed is if I'm ever being dramatic or, um, I'm worked out about something and it could be personal or work related or whatever. You're just, you're really good. You say this is a therapy session. I would say every conversation we have is a therapy session because what you can do is find that meaning and break it down and say, okay, but this is why you're upset or this doesn't actually matter. And tomorrow you're going to feel incredibly different. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true because I, like the way I've noticed things like, a lot of things that has happened in my life. Like I see things that I was like, if I actually put all my energy of like what happened today. And then I realize that tomorrow it's going to be a different day. And I'm like, Oh, so this could have been this way. It's not that I don't give importance to them. I just make sure that I know that things will change. I just have to look through them. What should I do? Um, I'm, I'm good at crisis because I think the reason is that it's from childhood that I think this was just, a, I don't know, practice or gifted somehow. Any crazy situation was never a fix. Like I never had a fixed solution for it. That Okay, you can fix it this way. Mm-hmm. Like when I was leaving the country and all that stuff and a lot of stuff were happening. But I had to like, I was presented with this happened and it's a panic mode. But then I had to find my way out of it. And to find your way out of those situations, it was not a quick fix. Like you had to sit 
think, should I leave? I can't leave this way. I have to think about it this way. So the biggest thing that I learned from all that stuff is like, by calming down, I'm not saying calm down and don't worry. By calming down is like, if you're not just gonna sit and actually absorb what happened, you cannot make your next move or next plan. Yes, accept it, absorb it. If you don't accept it and absorb it, you will not make a plan and it will be always with you. It's like I always say there's, or at least to me, there's no such thing as a regret because if you make something that's a mistake or maybe an error in judgment, you're going to learn from it and you're going to actively continue to learn and not do it again. And if you're doing it again, then it's just a pattern. <laughs> and Maybe there's something bigger to figure out, but you're learning from it and it's not going to happen again. So why would you regret it? Because it changed the course. Yes. True. See? Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite question, what does being a moment maker mean to you in your heart? Uh, just like its name, you're here to create moments, not for others only, but for yourself. Enjoy every bit of what you do. It's full of moments, recognize them, enjoy those moments and it's happiness. To me, moment maker means happiness. Be happy and spread the happiness. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. And what has been your biggest success? I'm going to use that word so far for you. Or what would you gauge as your biggest success so far? It's um, a good one. The biggest success that I would say, um, it's a connection with the people that I have, with the moment makers, and it doesn't matter which team they are from. I think I would say this, this is the biggest thing that I, it's with me and it always is going to remain with me that I have built this with them. I have moment makers that they have gone to different carriers and like they do the other things, but I'm still in touch and in contact with them. They always check on me. I always check on them. I think that's the best thing that I would always carry with me. People. Well, I mean, you just went to one of their weddings. Yes, yes, <clears throat> yes. It was a wonderful wedding, and she was here what four years ago. Wow! Um, but we have kept the connection, and I think the people. Do you have? Um, I I typically put a number of three, but I'll give you any number that you would like to pick from. Do you have a grouping of people that have been the most influential to you? along the way and any lessons that they've taught you? Um, <clears throat> particularly, I won't say that, okay, there's a one person or two, two or three. Um, I have, I, I have, I've had mentors in a way that I have chosen them as mentors in my life. And I always um, change them. Uh, I always change them because um, anything or anyone who does something better and nice, that's my mentor. And it doesn't matter in which field. Like I told you, I'm an explorer. 
I am not connected in one field to say I want to do this because of this. Um, I learn from people daily and it could be anybody, but I don't have any particular sort of a person to say that I learned this from. I do have mentors that I have selected them and they keep on changing. I'm a very, I, like, I look forward to any goodness, any greatness, anything that ha happens. I actually approach and reach out to them. And, and I say that, you know what? I want to reach where you are to just give you a high five. Well, I know you're very big on inspiration. So if something inspires you, you hold it close. And if it's no longer serving you in that manner, then you like, you have to let it go because if it's not serving you, then why are you going to keep it? But um, no, that makes sense. And, and it's very innovative of you to, <laughs> to adapt to what you need in the, in the moment. Um, but, uh, and you somehow just reminded me, I want to hear the story of debt free and screaming it on the radio. Yes. So <clears throat> this, like, obviously I was not that free during the tracking. <laughs> I was, I, okay. I, I, yeah, I, but it was a little bit of it was left when I left the job and I was still working at TLS. Um, and I remember the last chunk that I had to pay in order to, like I could have still paid 500 or 200. It was $1,500 left to my line of credit. Like imagine from the amount that I took for the franchisee and it was $1,500. And I was like, you know what? I just want to go and finish this. Like, let's just, because I had, I got my paycheck and a little bit here and there. I was like, I'm just going to go and pay this off. And I was still thinking, is this smart? Should I do this? Should I not do this? And I was like, I'm just going to do it. So I walked to CIBC on Oxford and Richmond. I paid it. I stopped at the light. I switched off my phone for the first time. Um, and I looked to the right, to the left while crossing the street because I wanted to enjoy and feel the moment of that free. And I was like, I don't want the car to hit me. I'm not gonna look at my phone. I just want to inhale this moment that I am debt free. And then uh, I emailed um, the Ramsey guy and then it took them, what, 15 days. And then I had an opportunity to, to call the line on the radio show and actually just say that, that I'm debt free. And I thank him because like I spent, I always say that I spent almost two years of my life within three hours a day, just listening to him, how he used to do, tell people or help people how to save, how to actually pay your debt and how you can actually invest on things. So it was great. Like tracking for me was the two and a half years of like that I needed to spend with myself to think of what I want to do and how I want to do things. And um, I happen to chose those shows. Yeah, but it was a great feeling. Yeah. I don't regret taking the loan and everything because that actually brought me where I am today. But just to, I refuse at that time too when a lot of things were happening that one of the People told me that you can also go back and do bankruptcy. I was like, I don't, I don't, I didn't come to this country to do this. Like I have done this in order to do something in that different in my life. And it was the best feeling when I paid the last 1500. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm living vicariously through you because that just made me emotional. Cause I can only imagine 
the amount of pride and happiness and just joy that you must have had in that moment. Yes. In the multiple moments, because there's the multiple or there's the moment right after. And then there's the moment where that goal that you had set years before came yes. true. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know what's happening to me. I'm becoming such a softie. I'm crying on like every episode. <laughs> well, um, it's, it's a good thing. It's okay. Yeah. See, so we, we should probably just do this weekly. This is probably healthy for us. Um, on the other side of pride and success, what has been your biggest learning opportunity? And it could be from any time in the past in all of your journey or, um, or with specifically with TLS, but how has it contributed to your success here today? I think if I put things before, well, one thing in life, I don't, like I don't put a stamp on anything saying that I own this, it's mine. I feel anything that you have or you see in life, it's to gain experience and let it go. That's one of the biggest things for me that I feel it helps me most of the time. Um, The other thing, uh, whether it's TLS or my life in general, um, I care, like I'm genuine. If I'm talking to anybody, and I'm not only saying woman maker TLS or in life too, I care. If I'm standing to talk, it means I want to. Because more than, like I would never stand somewhere, talk to somebody just to do it or be fake. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I have too much respect for others and I have also huge amount of respect for myself. So I, that's one of the biggest thing for me. That respect is a huge thing for me. I don't know why, but that's one of the biggest thing for me. I agree. I was just saying that the other day is, um, I was, so I was listening to Caitlin when I had talked to Caitlin and, and her answer was the same thing of, respect is a huge thing for her. And and if that's not there, then she doesn't have anything. And I think there's just the word respect. There's so much more to it. Yes. And I don't think people realize how important it is or how much it really does need to be ingrained into relationships, whether it's a positive or even a negative relationship. If you don't have respect, you don't have really anything. Yes. Something people confuse is respect to um, like may, fear, or maybe you have a fear of not doing or saying something in situations. Uh, but I think it's wrong because respect sometimes in life, if I am not saying anything, it's possibly because I have huge amount of respect for the person that even if they're doing a little bit something off the line, I was still trying to process this. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Because I always say this, that most of the stuff is because of respect. It's not fear. And having respect for yourself and for others 
is um, going to take anybody to places, I think, because you will not disrespect yourself, you will not disrespect anybody else. Yeah, and I think that's also a really important point. It's it's one thing to have respect for others or to be respectful to others. It's mm-hmm. a whole new ball game to have that level of respect for yourself. Yeah. And I think when you can when you can find that, learn what that standard is, it's a whole it just flips your quality of life in a way. Mm-hmm. Therapy. Let's get t-shirts. Um you <laughs> should. Polos. Polos. I'll get you a polo. Perfect. Um, what was it? I had I had talked to people, um, I had talked to you and I had talked to several others about what we might want to have in our TLS store. And almost always the first answer was polo. Miriam needs a polo. <laughs> <laughs> um, my I've stolen you for too long, but my last question mm-hmm. for a for a new moment maker um, that's come into TLS or someone that has doesn't have much experience in the customer service industry. Maybe we're taking a chance on them, similar to um, your trucking experience. But what is one piece of advice that you would give them to be successful as a moment maker or just in customer service? Um. So. I would like to say that, welcome to TLS first time for them. And also say that TLS is like a Disney, according <laughs> to me, to somebody who has no experience of what's gonna happen or what's customer service. Cause it's just not, how may I help you? How can I do this? Have a great day, thank you. Like they will be exposed to genuine care. They will learn so much about themselves, resistant patience, happiness, helping others. It's an opportunity that'll shape and form if they're coming new without any experience, they will, when they leave, if they're going to school or something, they will learn it. This is one of the biggest things that I have connection with moment makers that they are still not here right now. And they have gained so much from here for their other jobs that they go for when they finish university or stuff like that. I just feel mm-hmm. that there's a lot to learn um, at TLS, not only from like example management or ourselves or stuff like that, interacting with each other. They're a bundle of like amazing uh, people that they have so much pride in what they do and their lovely stories when they share, they gain, they encourage each other. Like not a lot of places have this. Yeah. TLS in general, when you see the connection between the moment makers from different teams, especially even now during COVID that we are all remote, but everybody knows each other. They all care. They all have something about each other who wants which and not, and being supportive. You don't see this in a lot of places, even if it's in the same office or under the same roof. But we've had this before and we still have it now, whether it's remote or not. So I would say, TLS is a Disney for somebody who has no idea of like how to, for the first time, be in the industry of uh, serving. Right. Well, it all comes full circle because it's about that connection. Yes. There are so many rides. The best thing is to enjoy all the rides and none of them are going to be repeated because it's Disney. (laughs) They're just going to (laughs) happen. 
Well, thank you for spending time with me. And thank you for giving me your morning. Of course. So did you love it? Did you cry? I am so inspired by Miriam's journey. I think she is the epitome of success, whether she believes it or not. She has always put 100% effort into anything she does. And when she sets her mind on something, she works nonstop to achieve it. I really appreciated this conversation and I hope you each take something away from it. My favorite part about the, what I call debt-free story is that in the moment after all she wanted to do was take in that moment, take in her surroundings and understand how she felt. And that to me is truly living in the moment. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll see you next Monday. Sometimes you need someone there for support. Sometimes you need a little genuine.